Indeed believes less is more. That's why they have powerful tools to help you source, screen, and hire quality people faster. Learn more at Indeed.com slash credit. Welcome back. It's hour number two of Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard, your host out here in Las Vegas. Your other host is James Salinas out in Denver, Colorado. Uh, happy to bring on the program right now Adam Burke. He's the host of ATS Radio as well as lead writer at ATS.io. Adam, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. Doing great. Trying to make um, or trying to grasp baseball, I think, at this point. Uh, bullpens... Uh, uh, have made me throw away some tickets lately. Uh, but these standings are surprising too, though. Uh, Adam, let's start with the AL Central. You got the Indians on top uh, of that division at plus 700 right now. The Twins, though, uh, in fourth at plus 375. White Sox, uh, they're the favorite still, sitting there just a half a game back, uh, minus 155. What do you make of this division, uh, and where is this division going with these teams? Yeah, you know, I think for the time being, we're going to kind of see these teams sort of jockey for position here, maybe trade off first place in the division. I mean, the Indians are very dangerous with their pitching. Their bullpen is exceptional. And their offense has actually been a little bit better than their performance to this point, at least relative to their contact quality. So not really a big surprise to see what they did to the Royals here earlier in the week. The Royals, a massive regression candidate. The Indians, something of a positive regression candidate. Both of those things kind of came to a head here this week and the Indians swept that four-game series. I don't know what's going on with the Twins. I mean, you look at the Twins right now, they're 11-19, and 19, but based on Pythagorean win-loss, based on their base runs record, they're more like a 500 team. So they're underachieving by about four games right now based on some of the underlying metrics that they have, and they haven't won a game in extra innings yet. They've lost a lot of close games. The bullpen hasn't been very good. The Twins, to me, are a positive regression candidate. I think the market believes so as well. A lot of their games against Texas, they got bet up a little bit here earlier in the week. So I think the Twins will be the next team that kind of goes on a little bit of a heater here, kind of closes the gap between themselves and the teams that they're chasing there at the top. Hey, Adam, James Salinas out here in Denver. Great to have you on the show, my friend, and, and wrap a little baseball. Now, I know for you, before we get into today, today's card, and we've got a full card uh, for Major League Baseball of games that you're looking to play here, uh, I want to just get your perspective and, and, and your handicapping approach based on the advanced analytics that I think we're seeing over the course of the last handful of years, maybe in the last decade within Major League Baseball, of how more and more teams are, are playing a certain style, managing a certain way. Uh, you know, this is... The, for somebody who's been betting on Major League Baseball since the 1980s, the days of get them on, get them over, get them in, those days are long gone. So can you kind of take us through your approach, through your, you know, with the advanced analytics that you kind of apply to baseball, how that works out early in the season and how that evolves as the season progresses? Yeah, James, it's been a real challenge for me this season because a lot of the things that I've handicapped on over the last three, four years have just not come to fruition this season. You know, you talk about the philosophy changes that a lot of teams have had, hitting more fly balls, trying to actively lift the baseball to hit doubles, hit home runs, stuff like that. Those things aren't happening this season because the baseball is playing a lot deader. It's not carrying nearly as far. It's slowing down quicker in route to the fielders. So some of those fly ball oriented teams, uh, the Braves have kind of gotten on track here, but they were off to a slow start. The Blue Jays are off to a pretty slow start. Oakland, same thing for them. Some of these teams that have this offensive philosophy to drive the baseball, hit it over the shift instead of through the shift, have had some difficulties. And that's an adjustment that I've had to make already this year where I wanted to bet on those teams that hit fly balls, 
those teams that pull the ball a lot, hit high slugging percentages, stuff like that. It's not working out the same way here. And I think that's a big reason why we see a lot of teams hovering within a game or two of 500 here, where it's just a very high variance environment because of the changes that have taken place to the baseball and how they butt heads with what all these teams are trying to do. Speaking with Adam Burke, host of ATS Radio, also lead writer at ATS.io. Uh, uh, so when it comes to pitching, too, because I'm looking at that division, uh, NL East, I think everybody anticipated that one being highly competitive, and it is. Uh, maybe not so many surprises in there as everybody's bunched up. Uh, but deadening of the baseball from the hitter standpoint, what about the pitching? Because I think in that division in particular, uh, we're seeing reasons why it's bunched up here in that division. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting because the Phillies have actually been much, much worse offensively than I expected them to be. I like this team. I took a piece of them at 9-1 to one to win the NL East, and it's nice to see them at the top right now. But they've got a bottom five off, and they're in first place with a minus 12 run differential. So they're a team probably ripe for some regression. I thought the Braves would be a lot better. They've had some pitching injuries. That's held them back a little bit. But the big one to me is the New York Mets. You know, they have... There's a concept called cluster luck, which in which is in Joe Pita's book, Trading Bases, which is outstanding. I'm sure a lot of people out there have already read it. But the Braves or the Mets, excuse me, they're not hitting with men in scoring position and they're not getting enough outs when the other team has men in scoring position. So they've really fallen on the wrong side in a lot of those high leverage plate appearances. And it's a big reason why their offense has struggled here so far, why they're just a 500 team right now. They are a team that I think a lot of people out there in the market expect to get better very, very soon. And they may be the team that winds up separating from the pack here a little bit, especially as, as the Braves keep having their pitching issues. So you talked about hitting the baseball. Let's talk about it. Let's jump to tonight's card and looking at the team that is leading the league when it comes to batting average, the Boston Red Sox rolling into Baltimore. I uh, haven't played them and it's since that really the couple series that they had in Fenway. Now they get to go to Camden Yards where the ball we know it carries there and with the Red Sox pretty sizable favorite here with the way that they hit the baseball. They're sitting right now at least what I'm seeing in Colorado, Adam. Red Sox favored by a dollar uh, sitting at a dollar 65 total sitting at eight and a half uh, where are you going with this matchup yeah shop around for the best price because this one is all over the place a little bit but i do like boston in this spot and in fact my card today is very chalky which you know is kind of concerning given how well underdogs have done this season but eduardo rodriguez has been phenomenal for the red Sox and should get some run support with what that offense has done here so far going up against matt harvey but the big thing for me is rodriguez you know he's a guy that missed all of last season had some uh, you know, carry over from getting COVID-19 and missed the entire year. But when he's been out there, he's been very, very effective, very good, over a strikeout per inning pace, doesn't walk anybody, doesn't really allow a lot of hard contact, whereas Matt Harvey is going to allow a lot of balls in play here. That's really not what you want against the Red Sox. You'd rather a guy that you know could get some strikeouts, could keep those guys in the batter's box as opposed to out there running the bases. So I think that a lot of things work out in Boston's favor tonight, not to mention Baltimore coming back off of that long road trip. You get the John Means no-hitter. You know, I think that it's a spot where Boston is set up pretty well tonight. Adam, other surprises. NL West, uh, looking at the Giants on top of that division, the Padres as well, and then the Dodgers uh, sitting at third uh, in, in the division. Okay, heavy favorite. We get it. Uh, they got a game tonight against the Angels. Uh, pull holes. Everybody knows the news there. Uh, where do you go with this game? Uh, is the Angels plus 158.5 uh, is a total as well. Yeah, this is one where I, I laid a chalky price again. I took the Dodgers for the first five tonight. I really like Julio Urias. I think Urias is a very underrated guy 
you know, he doesn't have the name recognition of a Walker Bueller, of a Trevor Bauer, of a Clayton Kershaw, anything like that. Frankly, he may be better than all of them this season. Based on what we've seen here so far, big strikeout increase. The Dodgers have taken the kid gloves off. They're letting him work deeper into games. He's been exceptional. Griffin Canning is a guy that I do like for the Angels overall. I just think this is a bad matchup for him. The Dodgers have some pretty good left-handed bats, and they'll put an extra one in the lineup tonight with the use of the DH. Their right-handed hitters are very good, too. And Canning is a guy that has some platoon split issues. He has problems with left-handed batters, has problems with the long ball. A lot of things that I think just don't really work out in his favor tonight in a matchup against the Dodgers. But the reason I go first five is because they've had all kinds of bullpen issues here. They've had a lot of guys that have been banged up. They've had a lot of guys that haven't pitched very effectively. They're off to a very slow start because they've got a lot of things going on with their roster. But I do think they play from in front tonight. So I went ahead and took the first five. So, Adam, earlier you talked about some negative and some positive regression for certain teams, and I think playing below expectations. You mentioned the Twins. Now Twins going on the road to take on the Tigers. I think the Tigers are sitting right about where we all expected them to be last in that division currently. But with the Twins now going on the road, you're expecting some some positive play out of this team, sitting there at a dollar fifty as the favorite in Detroit, with a total sitting at nine, juiced to the under at a dollar twenty. What's your take on this game tonight? Yeah, like I said, I got a chalky card for tonight, James, and it's a scary thing because, you know, underdogs have done so well this season, but the Twins are a team I believe in. You know, I think that this is a team that's far better than it has looked so far. You know, they've played a lot of close games. They haven't really had a lot of success in those close games. In theory, they shouldn't play close games against the Tigers because Detroit striking out in over 30% of their plate appearances, their bullpen's not very good. And as bad as Matt Shoemaker has been this season for the Twins, Tarek Skubal has actually been worse for the Tigers. So I think they've got a little bit of an advantage on the pitching side tonight, but definitely a big advantage on the offensive side. And, you know, it's one of those things where I isolated some teams on Monday that I thought were play on or play against teams. Didn't necessarily follow through with all of them based on some of the prices that were out there, but a lot of it came to fruition. So I just thought I'm going to draw a line in the sand tonight. I think the twins should be better. I think that, you know, getting swept by the Rangers kept this price a little bit lower for me. So I did go ahead and lay it with the Twins tonight, and hopefully they show up, and hopefully they can win one of these close games if need be. It's Adam Burke, uh, host of ATS Radio, also lead writer at ATS.io. Uh, I love your uh, Twitter, at Skating tripods uh, as well. Uh, Adam, my question to you about Houston as they take on Toronto at home, they're back home, friendly environment for the Astros. Uh, minus 138, uh, the theme has been chalk for you so far. Uh, do you still go chalk here? The total is nine. No, this one's actually one where I, I would lean towards the underdog in this one, kind of lean towards the over a little bit as well. Uh, Ross Stripling making just his second start since coming back to the ball club. Usually like to see guys make three or four starts before I want to play on them or maybe look for an under or something like that. But what's really interesting about tonight's game is with Toronto, you've got a very fly ball heavy offense. With Jose Urquidy, the starting pitcher for the Astros, he's a fly ball guy, an extreme fly ball guy at that. So he kind of plays into what Toronto wants to do offensively. I'm not sure if the roof's going to be open tonight or not. That would have a significant impact on my thoughts on the total for that game. But what I do know is that Toronto wants to elevate the baseball, and this is a pitching matchup in which they can do that. So we'll see what happens. We'll see if the ball carries. We'll see if the roof is open there at Minute Maid Park or not. But I think this is one where I do lean with the dog on the Toronto side, just not enough to make the play. 
So trying to find any other dogs out there on the card, you said it's a chalky night for you, and that happens sometimes in baseball. But any dogs that you're that that you do have a position on going into tonight's card? Yeah, there's one dog I like, and it's it's a pretty ugly one at that, I think, and that's the Seattle Mariners. They take on the Texas Rangers tonight, and that's Mike Fultonevich on the mound for the Rangers, Chris Flexen for the Mariners. And Flexen's a guy who pitched in the KBO last year. He was not very effective at the MLB level, not very effective in AAA, but he went over to the KBO and worked on some things, kind of changed the way that he pitched a little bit, changed his pitch usage some, and he's carried that over to the major leagues this season and has actually had success with it. And on the Fultonevich side of things, he's been terrible. Again, still no command in that profile for him, given up a lot of home runs. And what's really concerning about that for Fultonevich is five of his six starts have come in Texas. And Globe Life Field is not a great hitter's ballpark. They did install a humidor to kind of try to balance out offense down there after what we saw in the 60-game sample last season. But Fultonevich is a guy that just doesn't have enough command. And the Mariners are another one of those teams that hits a lot of fly balls. So if they can elevate, if the ball's carrying a little bit better down there in Arlington this season, I think the Mariners can have success in this matchup tonight, and I think Flexen can have success as well. So the Mariners are one of the, are the only underdog uh, that I took here for tonight's slate. Adam, uh, Colorado uh, facing St. Louis. I, I think uh, Colorado's an auto fade first game away from uh, Coors Field typically, uh, but I don't like the price. Uh, James and I, we talked about this earlier, minus 210 uh, for the Cardinals. Uh, any betting angles that you could highlight or, or anything else we could look at in this game uh, if we were interested from a betting perspective? You know, I think something that's kind of interesting about this game is that Austin Gomber is going back and pitching against his old team. And obviously, Nolan Arenado playing against his former team, the Rockies. Those two guys, part of that big blockbuster trade. Gomber's been all over the place this season. He's had a couple of really bad starts. He's had a couple of really good starts. Uh, it's been a complete and utter roller coaster ride with him. I don't know what we're going to get tonight. Bush Stadium is a pretty good pitcher's park. So maybe that does help him. Maybe that kind of keeps the game a little bit lower scoring. And with seeing Gomber all over the place, the fact that we have a total of seven and a half would suggest to me that a lot of smart people out there are kind of looking for a lower scoring game in that one. So that's kind of the direction that I would look to go, uh, but not enough to have a play on it. Hey, Adam, one more game before we let you run here, and thanks for your time, as always. Looking at you talked about within the Central and the American League, the regression, positive regression coming for the Twins, also negative regression potentially coming for the Royals. White Sox rolling in there as a $1.50 favorite to play KC. How do you like this game? Yeah, this is one of those chalky spots for me tonight, James, where I took a piece of the White Sox, and I'm a believer in, in what Carlos Rodon has done here so far. The increased velocity looks good. Uh, you know, a lot of some of the more advanced metrics look pretty good with him as well. And the Royals are just generally a fade team right now. And Brad Keller specifically, just the command profile is not there for him. I'm not sure what the issue is, but it's not there right now. And the White Sox offense still doing very well, despite some of the losses that they've had. And the Royals bullpen has been kind of a mess too. So I think the White Sox maybe have an advantage in that department as well. So Add it all up. You know, if you've got the better lineup, the better pitcher, and the better bullpen, I'm okay with laying the minus 150 there. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Adam Burke. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Skating Tripods. Uh, great, great segment right there, Adam. We really appreciate your time. Absolutely, guys. Take care. You too. Do the same. Have a great weekend. Uh, exceptional information right there.
Uh, and I think I made up my mind on, on some of these games just based on what Adam was talking about. Experts galore here uh, at VSIN. Uh, coming up next, we got rookie minicamps uh, taking place. Uh, three teams, I believe, have convinced their uh, rookie minicamps. Uh, so some futures uh, to bet on and highlight. Those are coming up next. This week between the Kentucky Derby and the Preakness, the Triple Crown is still the main topic of conversation on the Ron Flatter Racing Pod. Steve Kornacki of NBC News talks about his successful pick of Medina Spirit in the Derby, and he looks forward to the Preakness. So does trainer Mike McCarthy, who sends his Colts Rumbauer to race in the second jewel of the Triple Crown. South Point's Chris Andrews will handicap weekend races. The Ron Flatter Racing Pod is available now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts and sponsored by First Bet. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. Mike Pritchard, James Salinas, is your host today. Uh, James, uh, rookie minicamp, people are excited about uh, that out here. I mean, a return to normalcy a little bit. Uh, as the rookies can hit the grass. And uh, so we have some futures, some specials here. Uh, get your thoughts. The Titans, Ravens, Bucks, all the win the division uh, lumped together. That's plus 650. Uh, the Bills, the Washington football team, the Saints, all the win the division, 22 to 1. I know it's the futures uh, and, and these specials. I mean, are you interested in some of these bets like this? Well, I, I'll I'll look more into that when actually, if I was going to bet any of those, once this this schedule is announced of when teams okay. are actually going to play their opponents, right? But thinking about this here, I mean, let's just go to the first one you mentioned there with the Titans, the Ravens, and the Bucks. Number one, I don't like the Titans to win the division. So I, I don't think that I think clearly it's to me it's going to be the Colts. I think what we've seen out of the Titans is they've maxed out, right? Their ceiling is that we we saw that play out last year defensively. A lot of issues for that team. Can't get after the passer. No no consistent pass rush whatsoever, and it really puts a lot of burden on that secondary. And they need help in the secondary, and I, and they were banged up at the linebacker position last year too. But it's just not a very physical defense, and it's not a defense that can generate any kind of pass rush whatsoever. So they get in the shootouts and and I just don't think when, when you're thinking about the Titans there uh, yeah running the football the way that they do that's one thing but more pressure I think as we as they continue to stack the box in the playoffs exactly what Baltimore did took away the running game with Derrick Henry the the blueprint is there I just think that that it's it that's a team that you can make one dimensional and put more pressure on Tannehill to make the plays I just don't see them being able to win the division so I can't go that route there yeah. with the with the plus 650 I think maybe Pritch if you want to dig in there at you know, I, I like the Browns. We talked about the Browns last week, what they did in the draft, what they also did in the offseason as far as free agency, especially in that secondary to, to bolster, bring in, bring in a couple of the both Hill and Johnson over from the Rams and, and then the draft picks that they included into that team too and being able to, to now cover at the linebacker position, young younger defense, but mm -hmm. I think very fast defense. I like where the Browns are at. And I, I, we've, we've, talk, we've seen all the moves that the Rams have made, especially at the quarterback position. They are built to win now. Uh, 
Um, but I, I just don't know if I'm ready to throw the Giants in there because I just feel like the Washington football team is the best team in the in the NFC East right now. So right. kind of tough toss-up with some of these pieces here. Where are you looking? Well, uh, it, I can talk myself into the Giants, Browns, and Rams all to win the division of 40-1, to one, uh, and that's the danger of that because of what the Rams have done. Uh, and then certainly uh, what's going on in Seattle with Russell and, and Pete Carroll and things like that. And then San Francisco, I don't know what's going on up there. Uh, I don't think they know what's going on up there. Uh, and then the Giants. I mean, the Giants have loaded up offensively. And, and I think people were impressed by Coach Judge uh, and, and his approach. So I can talk myself into that 40 to 1, but I think that's uh, a little bit dangerous, though. Well, and if you're thinking about that, right? Yeah, and, and I like what Joe Judge did really change and starting to put that his his thumbprint and his imprint on the culture of what that team is going to look like. No nonsense when it comes mm-hmm. to how you're going to conduct yourself as a professional when you show up to practice and give full effort. He gave them that ton lashing before the season started as far as uh, the expectations goes for the for that team to to perform. But you know, I just I just think about Danny Dimes, and that's just I'm just not ready to trust him to be able to make the play and make the throws that count when games get tight in that fourth quarter. And that's just not a defense that I trust on the other side for the Giants to to get stops in the fourth quarter when it comes crunch time. But yeah, I, I think I think here and you talked about you, you talked about Seattle, too, if you're looking in with the Rams like I, I you know, to me, that's going to be the toughest division to call because it's the most competitive division. When we're talking about the NFC West in the NFL, but Rams right now, at least they are built to win now. And right. I like some of the, the quality of the leadership that we see on that Rams team. They know what their identity is, and now they plugged in the quarterback to make that happen. Yeah, they have one of the better defenses in the National Football League as well as the quarterback that they want. Uh, so Sean McVay, I mean, he's still a great play caller, and uh, maybe they still have that Super Bowl window open uh, there in that division as well. Uh, when we continue on the program, uh, our VP of digital content, Ben Fox, is going to join the program. And he's going to update us on, well, betting across America. <laughs> uh, all that and more coming up next right here on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. If you miss any of our show today or any of the VSIN broadcasts, be sure to check out our free VSIN podcast. You can catch up with Follow the Money with Mitch and Pauly, a numbers game, or the Lombardi line on the daily VSIN Best Bets podcast. Also, check in with Gil Alexander's Beating the Book pod, Josh Applebaum's Market Insights, get PG, PGA Tour betting previews on long shots, the Ron Flatter Racing pod, and the NBA Scoop with JVT on hardwood handicappers. Whatever you are betting on, we have a pod for it. Find them all for free at vsin.com slash podcast. That's vsin.com slash podcast. Welcome back to the program. It's Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM, Mike Pritchard, James Salinas, uh, and happy to bring on to the program our VP of digital content, Ben Fox. Ben, how are you today? 
Doing well, guys. It's again, it's a Friday, you know. How bad can you be doing? Gotta be doing well on a Friday, right? I hear you. I hear you on that one. So update us on betting across America. I mean, more and more states are coming online. Uh, the betting action uh, at, a, at a nice pace right now, I believe, as well. The spring sports uh, commencing. We're approaching playoffs as well. Uh, what do you have for us in, in terms of betting across America? Yeah, I think uh, there's a lot of ways certainly to go. I think uh, initially just to hit on, just came in a, a big bet on the Philadelphia Phillies. So I know you guys were talking to Adam Burke before. Uh, $100,000 on the Phillies plus 145 against the Braves today. Uh, this is from a better that they know, not someone who usually bets this much necessarily. Uh, but again, a, a large MLB wager. So I think that's always Always interesting with the game starting in a, a couple hours just to give people a sense. We're not saying to uh, to fade necessarily or follow, just putting out there a very, very large MLB bet. You're not typically going to get a six-figure wager uh, on a game. That's at the Borgata in New Jersey. Well, and I'm looking at that number now. It is moved 10 cents. I'm just seeing where, where I'm not sure what else is going on out there in the market, but now that Phillies was plus 145, at least out here in Colorado, it's pretty much plus 135 now across the board. So it moved the dime out here in in Colorado for that for that matter. Now, thinking about other big bets or at least big payout bets. Ben, I think we talk about the NFL. The NFL is always relevant. 365 days of the year to the sports betting world. Talk about some future bets that folks are starting to fire off on for next year's Super Bowl. Look, it was very exciting hearing you guys talk about the NFL, right? It's May. It always feels like we're the farthest away from the football season. Um, but again, we just had the draft. Now we have rookies on new teams. And I think this year as well, you'll see more and more money into the futures market, right? Last year seems so long ago and kind of hard to believe. You know, there was talk, how long was the NFL season going to be? Was there going to be an NFL season? And I think that depressed some of the futures market a bit, uh, again, as much as you're going to have in the NFL. So at William Hill, a couple interesting ones they have separated by state here, but here in Nevada, somebody had $10,000 on the Dallas Cowboys at 30 to 1. That would be, I believe, $300,000 payout. In New Jersey, five grand on the Jets at 150 to 1. That one kind of speaks for itself. And uh, in Illinois, their biggest bet so far, $5,000 on the Browns at 22 to 1. They're now down in kind of the 15 to 17 to 1 range. And they are the greatest liability at multiple sports books right now in the future. Uh, pool. I think you'll see them and the Bears probably as we get closer to the season, but especially the Browns. I think, you know, a couple years ago, there was all the hype with Baker Mayfield for MVP and them making the playoffs and all this. They did it last year. They obviously played well. They beat the Steelers and they easily could have potentially beaten the Chiefs, really gave them a good game. Definitely a team on the rise. And I think one that people are going to be betting certainly as we head closer and closer to the season. We're speaking with Ben Fox, our VP of digital content here at VSIN. Um, okay, Ben, so as an economist, uh, I'm interested in this next uh, bit of news uh, when it comes to the sports betting handle across the country. Uh, what, do you, what kind of information do you have for us there? Yeah, I think it's always interesting to track just kind of on a state-by-state -state basis, you know, where, where the market is, which states have more handle, which states have the least handle uh, of, again, the over 20 states we have now with legalized sports betting. And again, there's no shock that in this top 10, all of them have mobile betting, right? We've mm -hmm. gone on and on about the difference between retail betting, 
betting at brick and mortar shops versus betting uh, and have, being able to bet on your phone, bet on your couch, et cetera. Uh, so again, with most of the big states reporting, the only one that hasn't is Illinois, which will be most likely either third or fourth on this list. Uh, but New Jersey, 860 million, Nevada, number two, 641 million, Pennsylvania, three at 560, Michigan, four, Indiana, five. Uh, and again, I think the interesting one here is Virginia, which is the sixth highest, probably will end up being the seventh highest uh, for March 2021. They only legalized and started taking bets in late January. So really their first full month was February. I think they were eighth uh, in the overall rankings as uh, we have here. Now they're already up to sixth. Certainly a big population. I think they're the 12th most populous state but just kind of showing the importance of mobile, obviously the importance of population and kind of sports betting just in general, right? A new state comes in already in the, now the third full month, uh, rising up kind of the total handle. So we're getting more and more of those data points. We're seeing kind of larger and larger what the marketplace looks like. And again, I think it's always gonna be New Jersey, Nevada, Illinois, Pennsylvania in the short term, kind of as your top four. But always interesting to kind of see where the states line up here uh, as we go month by month. So, Ben, let's talk real quick about another state that's coming online with Arizona. They're doing some interesting things when it comes to sports betting in that state. Tell us about that. Yeah, Arizona just legalized sports betting. Uh, DraftKings had a deal. Again, the leagues, right, were always against sports betting. Now they're with sports betting, doing deals with sports betting partners. DraftKings has a deal with the PGA Tour. They're going to put a book at TPC Scottsdale, where, of course, there's a PGA event. FanDuel has a deal with the Phoenix Suns. They're putting a book in the Suns Arena. And Caesars, uh, Caesars William Hill, doing a deal just yesterday with the Arizona Diamondbacks for a sports book, uh, I believe, either in Chase Field, right outside Chase Field, I think where there was a restaurant. But again, with mobile betting, this gives those sports books access to mobile throughout the state of Arizona. Just kind of an interesting setting up kind of for a New Jersey-like market with a ton of different operators, but also with a bunch of deals with sports teams, which is something we've started to see. The Capitals have one, obviously DraftKings and Chicago Cubs building a sports book as well outside Wrigley. We're going to start to see more and more of this, but Arizona, we've kind of seen the proliferation of this more than expected. Yeah, you know what, Ben? Outstanding information. Uh, follow the growth. Follow the money. Uh, we got a show like that here at Beeson. So outstanding information. Thanks again. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Ben Fox, VP of Digital Content right here at Beeson. Uh, coming up next, our final picks and leans uh, for the weekend to the weekend. It's coming up next right here on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. love home runs in Major League Baseball, especially if you are a new BetMGM customer. Turn $1 into 100 when someone goes yard during a game. 
Sign up for the BetMGM app using VSIN 100. And if you place a $1 money line wager on the Yankees or Nationals, you'll get $100 if either team hits a home run. It's a new customer offer, paid and free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21. Uh, located in Colorado, Iowa, Indiana. Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly if you feel you have a problem. It's 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana and Tennessee. Call or text uh, Redline 800-889-9789. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Welcome back to the show. It is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Mike Pritchard, James Salinas with you uh, today. James updating a score uh, in progress. Chicago still on top of Pittsburgh 3-0, top of the eighth. Uh, you seen anything in this game indicating that Pittsburgh could probably – I don't know. Get back in it or take over well, this uh, game. And uh, uh, our 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 bullpen's going to finish this game. I <laughs> right. suspect so. Actually, Zach Davies. I'm looking at the box score now. I mean, Zach Davies. Actually, I was looking at this game earlier. I didn't play it, but yeah. with Cahill and Z- and Davies going at each other, it was like, wow, is this going to be an over today? And the win really wasn't a factor at Wrigley. But yeah, three nothing so far. Although we look at the Pirates lineup, we know they're a pretty light hitting lineup, but. Mm-hmm. We're down to bullpens now, right? Because Davies gave him seven innings, but now we're into the bullpen. So anything is possible. I think we, we've seen with Major League Baseball when it comes to when, when it comes to betting on these games and trying to find uh, t- trying to survive a full night inning game. But in this case here, I think I'm looking at this live number, and it's actually off the board where I'm at, so I don't have a live line on it. But I probably I, I yeah. wouldn't be wanting to take the Pirates, even though the bullpens are coming in to close <laughs> these games out. I don't want to take the right. Pirates. I have to score th- at least three runs here in the next inning and a third to, to get back in this game. Yeah. Yeah, pregame total was seven and a half in that matchup right there. Um, So, okay, over of the day, uh, we did this yesterday. Uh, Like I said, I was licking my wounds. Uh, I got my Band-Aids. You can't – I got them covered up. You can't see them. Um, But over of the day, I'm not touching anything. Uh, What about you in terms of over of the day? Yeah, I don't have any plays on the over. And right now, I, th- I think when we're looking at Major League Baseball, we were talking with Adam Burke earlier about the, the deadening of the ball and what's what's going on with, with the ball not carrying as much. Is it the, the restricted flight ball that we see in some of these beer league softball games? I mean, there, there was talk about that going into it, and we suspected we'd see these higher scoring games, and that hasn't played out yet. But the weather's going to change in, across the country in warmer air, lighter air, get a ball's going to carry. But And then in back basketball right now I'm really not playing totals I've just been finding spots whether it's the dog or the favorite in the NBA uh, I've stayed away from the totals so no play no I can't find an over nothing that I've played as far as that's concerned today either I know you know James when I'm watching Kyrie either miss shots or miss layups even right at the rim I'm like okay uh, I can't I I can't I mean and and I'm going to wait now I learned my lesson yesterday last night I'm going to wait to the playoffs and we're not too far away from that uh, when not to bet is also a great option. Uh, what about under uh, any underplay of the day for you? 
Well, and you know me, for the most part, I'm always betting against human achievement. So I just, I'm just wired that way to either look for dogs and or looking to bet unders in most sports. And I'm just going to continue riding this, this under train when it comes to these player props in baseball, in particular for Blake Snell sitting there. His prop again was under 15 and a half outs sitting at a dollar 15. I'm going under that again. We've cashed this multiple times with Snell. Really? I just, I think it's part of it with, with Snell, he's gotten the hook within five innings. He's only pitched one game so far this year where he's gone more than five innings, and it was just five and a third innings, so 16 outs there. I think part of it, too, is you know not only that Snell works some deeper counts within these games, but also uh, you know the, you're getting through this nationally, getting through those lineups. Maybe he's going to be a, a potential to turn turn it back coming up coming up soon, so they pull him there, too. And I just don't think that they want to see him as far as the Padres go. We saw this down in Tampa, too, with Snell. That don't want him to really have to face those line over, lineups turning over for a third time. So it's sitting there again for Snell, sitting at 15 and a half outs, which means he's got to get to the sixth inning and actually start the sixth inning and get it out. I, I just based on what he's done so far this season, the way that he's been managed in San Diego, I just don't see it happening. So until this juice starts to price me out, sitting there at a dollar fifteen, I'm going to continue to to ride that under train with Snell as far as outs are concerned. So there's my under for the day, under 15 and a half outs for Snell at sitting at a dollar fifteen. All right, I'm still leaning, uh, but I'm leaning towards that Rockies Cardinals under seven and a half. We talked about it earlier in the program. Uh, I brought it up with Adam. Um, uh, he stated that smart people, Adam Burke, uh, smart people might pick the under here. Uh, I, I, I want to know about um, Agamber though. Uh, is he stretched out? You think? Uh, facing his old team too, um, and what you've seen out there, what they're talking about, certainly about this guy out there in Colorado. And then Nolan uh, Arenado there with the Cardinals. You know, Flatterdy on, on the bump, uh, that's great for me in this under. Uh, I think at home, his ERA is like 1.5. He's 2-0 and at home as well. So uh, that's the ace too. I feel comfortable about it. I'm leaning towards that 7.5, that under there, James. Yeah, and, I, and I, well, and the other part too is that you got to consider the the home and road splits for the Rockies when it comes to hitting the baseball. Mm-hmm. It's it's night and day, and that's been something that's you know it's been talked about for for almost well now three decades since the Rockies have been in existence almost, and and it's never played out this bad for the Rockies how bad they've been on the road so far this year, and obviously missed Nolan Arenado within that lineup, and then how well they've played so far at Coors this season, and I think you talk about uh, with Gomber there having to start again, you know he played for the for the Cards, and mm-hmm. I'm sure he's going to be juiced up to to get back out there and play against his former teammates but you know they also have a, a scatter report book because they had him on his team for for a few years and saw him saw what it you know they know how he plays how he pitches and what the book is on him as far as the scouting report for their bats to go up there so that's probably where I'm just kind of that, that I took me off this game here I know he's going to be psyched to get in there and go compete again against his former teammates but anytime you've been a former teammate you know there's the adrenaline piece is right. going to be there but I, I, I just I don't know if I want to trust the, the, the Cardinals have been hitting the baseball consistently all season, like most teams right now across Major League Baseball, aside mm-hmm. from just a few. So I, if I was going to play it, I'd be leaning towards the under as well, like you're saying, but I'm not going to touch this game. Okay, the wind's blowing in a little bit, um, 10 miles an hour, uh, you know, a little bit, blowing in a little bit, 10 miles an hour right there. Uh, how about underdog of the day? James, you have underdog play. 
Yeah, and so I'm going to I'm going to continue to look at this number. It's been climbing uh as far as the Spurs are concerned and now it's it was at 5, now it's back ticked back down to 4 and a half and I know De'Aaron Fox is still not on this roster and and they lost Halliburton too. So a little banged up here for the uh for the Kings, but uh, this is kind of a correlated play here. The Kings have actually played themselves back into a sense of contention for that final spot, that 10th and final playoff spot in the West and I was just digging into the, the digging into the the schedules for the remaining teams, the three teams ahead of them, right? They have the Spurs. They, that's what they get to play and, and take on the Spurs tonight. Now, the Spurs are really a tired team. They've lost five straight, but the, the schedule has been brutal for them over the last two weeks, and it's not going to play out well. They have a very tough schedule to close out this last week of the season, as do the Pelicans. Pelicans taking on the Sixers tonight. Now, does Embiid play tonight? Probably, who knows? It says rest. We'll find out. Game time decision may or may not play. I suspect if they're putting that out there, it means he's probably not going to play. But ultimately, Philly is playing for that top seed in the East. They got a nice two-and-a-half game cushion right now over the Nets, and the Sixers have a really weak schedule to close out the season. So here's where it goes tonight in Sacramento, knowing that this is a big game for them to make up some ground, not only on San Antonio, but also on the Pelicans. By the time that game tips off in Sacramento tonight, mm-hmm. they're going to know what has taken place because that game should be probably over when it comes to the Pelicans and the and the Sixers. I think the Sixers still win without Embiid. So another opportunity for for the the Kings to be able to make up some ground and get back into the playoff chance, especially with their schedule coming up after this game against the Spurs. Back to back games against the JV team that is the OKC Thunder here. So a chance for the Kings. I wouldn't be surprised if the Kings are actually able to sneak in there and get that tenth spot at the end of the season here in a week. Even though they're banged up on that roster, I like the Kings at home plus five against a worn-out Spurs team. I like that play, too. I'm going with, uh, as my dog of the day, Tampa Bay. Uh, the Rays on the road uh, against the A's. Uh, I love their late-inning scoring. I, I do like that. I love their belief uh, and their bullpen as well. Uh, and, and their road warriors, James. Uh, this is a team that's battling on the road. They're plus 115. Uh, I think they can get the job done against the Oakland, Oakland Athletics out there in Oakland. Yeah, we'll just see what what is Rich Hill have tonight. How yeah. long is he going to be out there on the bump? That's the one question mark for me here. I was looking at maybe playing the the A's team total sitting at three and a half, but I think I'm probably going to lay off that game because uh, ultimately I'm looking at the Marlins tonight. So I think I'm going to I'm going to ride the Marlins train. Sometimes it's just as easy as we see. We know how streaky. Major League Baseball is teams winning, winning, go on a win streak, go on a losing streak. Well, right now, the Marlins have won three in a row. I'm going to take that ticket that I won against Mad Bum yesterday, roll that over here against the Brewers team. They're going with the opener tonight, so it's going to be a short stint bullpen game for the Brewers. Typically, I stay away from those ones, but the Brewers, bang, they're banged up. and Their pitching staff's banged up. Their, their lineup has been banged up, as well as they haven't had a day off since April 22nd. So they've played all these consecutive games. This is kind of just the team right now limping in as far as Milwaukee is concerned. I'll, I'll roll it over with the Marlins. It was $1.40. It's up to $1.45 already taking the Marlins, laying, the, laying that juice. I've, I've played it with the Marlins. I'll lay it there. I think they roll over with Trevor Rogers on the hill. has been pitching really well so far this season. All right. See, that's what I'm doing with Tampa Bay. I, I cashed that ticket with the Angels, uh, Tampa Bay. So I, I guess I'm rolling that over too. How about that? I didn't even know that. Well, roll it over and let's have a fun let's have a fun night and a fun weekend to you, my friend. Absolutely. Fun weekend. Great, great job uh, this week, James. Uh, enjoy all the action uh, this weekend, all the sports commencing, uh, and we'll be back at it. Uh, good luck to you, man. 
Absolutely. Same to you. Take care. Be safe out there. I'll see you on Monday, partner. Sounds good. Uh, that'll do it for this week here for me on Betting Across America. My guys in the desert uh, coming up next right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Remember uh, to get in on all those podcasts, as we mentioned throughout the show. Uh, just great information, uh, recapping all the shows as well. Uh, have a great week, everybody. Weekend, everybody. Uh, and good luck with your bets.